I'm Alex. I'm Dan. I'm James. And I'm Josh. We're the Ragamuffins, and this is our Download 2023 Recap. So, another year at Download Festival. Um, much happened. Amazing bands. Dusty Air. You've just about got your voice back. Just about got my voice back. Um, definitely been struggling the past couple of days. But, overall, it was a wonderful time with a wonderful group of people. Hope you've enjoyed the vlog. Um... Well, I think this might. Yeah, the vlog. This will go way before okay. the vlog. You will be able to enjoy the vlog soon. Um, I feel like just talking about it in general, we may as well just start chronologically right from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. Let's just go through our whole weekend, our whole six days. Oh god, that feels six like days, um, Inclu- including the journey back, I guess. But so the journey there in particular um, was shit. I think it's been yeah, documented well, a lot. I'm glad that we can kind of get this bit out of the way and over and done with because the rest of the weekend was pretty good, but. We can't ignore what happened, can we, really? We knew it was, it was a sold out that year this year. We knew there was the extra day of music, so there'd be more people arriving on the Wednesday. So we thought, right, let's let's leave a few hours earlier. So we left at maybe about half seven we were on the road for. We'd normally be on the road at like 10 or 11, I think. So we thought, yeah, yeah, that'll be plenty of time. We were all in good spirits. We rendezvoused at the services before we got there, joined the uh, dual carriageway and convoy, and then we stopped. And we didn't really move for a few hours, did we? No, it just felt like a complete standstill. You could tell people just getting arsy with each other. People were trying to cut in lanes. It was pretty dangerous, um, wasn't it? Yeah, it did feel quite worrying at times because where people started double laning to try and kind of get into one of the turnoffs in particular, there were vans still trying to go past, or lorries trying to go past. And there were moments where it was looking really, really risky. And like people could seriously, like, could have got hurt. Um, and made the whole situation even worse than it was anyway. But. When you're risking people's health and livelihood like that, um, mostly, I guess, due to the organisation and them shutting off the West car park, apparently early. I think that was the main issue here, was uh, previous years where we've gone, if you're travelling from the south, you go to the south or the West car park. If you're travelling from the north, you go to the north or the east car park. But this year, anyone that was eco or quiet camping only were apparently going into West, even after we'd been told we would be able to park in West as general. Um but anyone that was general camping, wherever they were travelling from, was being directed to the North Car Park instead, which obviously just meant the majority of people that were travelling on that day were all funnelling into one like single-track entrance to get into a car park, um, which I guess was the cause of the issue, really. How long were we collectively in the car for, do you reckon? We were in the car from, from the services to until we parked. I think we were probably in the car for about 12 hours. And, and we drove like what, like two hours to even get to that services in the first place. Yeah, two hours to the services, and then it should have been, I think, from from the services to the car park, it should have been about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, comfortably. And it was like, yeah, fucking stupid. Well, it wasn't that long for everyone. Uh, we did make the decision partway through that you know what, fuck it. Um, well, at this point, it was getting dark. Yeah, it was, so it was getting worrying. And we're probably going to need to send some people into setup camp. So, out of a group of fourteen of us, I think it was six of us went. Um, we started unloading Lewis's van while in the queue, every now and again budging forwards, and got out like all the tents, gazebo, and started making the trek of, I don't know, how long was that did you have, Alex? Um, it was like from, I've been told by our friend Callum, from the moment that we unloaded that van to the campsite was 3.7 miles. So we did a 3.7 mile trek to get in, to then go and set up camp, um, by which point I think by the by the time we set up the final tent, we then kind of had a message come through of like, we're just about to get parked. So then we had the long trek back to try and meet you at North Camping so we could bring everything else in. But if we hadn't have made that decision, 
I think we would have been putting up tents until possibly two in the morning. Yeah, and, 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 and getting some our people, camp set up. Some people were as well. Like we, it, it, it's weird to even think that, like by yeah. comparison, we still got lucky, even though we were in a car for like twelve hours. Like that. it just shouldn't have happened. It was an absolute shit show in terms of organisation. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, yeah, but there was loads of people arriving. What more can you do, really?" But I'm pretty sure there was way more traffic control last year with way less people. So, well, there was no there was no traffic lights on the way into direct people. I didn't see a single member of staff until the entrance of the car park. Um, and really, they shouldn't have been telling people they could park in West when they couldn't, and sending every single person to that car park. Yeah. Plus, uh, people were buying car park passes on the day, which obviously having a card reader out in the middle of the field is slow and it's just going to cause a huge backlog i think if you're going to do that there needs to be an overtaking lane for anyone that's brought it prior to the event um to just keep the traffic flowing really or maybe just don't let people buy there and then for a yeah. event like, i mean supposedly that was the issue with slam dunk a couple of weeks previous so really if downward were thinking ahead they should have seen those problems and thought by the way you need to buy your car park pass before you come i think i did see somewhere that they have actually said that that's the way they're going to be doing it from now on you have to pre-book your par- car parking. The only thing that I worry about is I just don't know what system will be yeah, in place The only problem then is there's going to be people turning up on the day just assuming that they yeah, can. I just don't know how that's rectified, to be honest. And um, yeah, I think that could cause maybe potentially even more issues. After kind of eventually meeting up with you guys again, getting all our food and stuff back to campsite and everyone kind of getting ready, I think we were just so tired from that whole journey. I think we all just kind of pretty much crashed. I think um, the main disappointing thing for me was not only was it an exhausting day, but it's a day where usually we're in on the Wednesday and we've got a camp set up by lunchtime and then we've got the whole of the rest of the day to like chill out at camp, to go and have a wander around and see what's going on in the village. Have a party. But we essentially lost that whole day and then had no energy to go out to the doghouse, which is something we love. And I think with the structure of it being four days this year, it did have a major impact on us as a group, in particular yeah, in, in I the mean, festival it, experience. Because it also meant we didn't have the whole of the following yeah. day to do what I've just mentioned as well. We, we were straight into there, like Wednesday, I need to go to bed, it's, we're exhausted and a bit pissed off. It's always and good then to the next day, day, straight into bands. Whereas yeah. before it would be, you chill out the Wednesday, you get yourself set up, and then you've got Thursday just to chill out and not really have any And fight off that plans. hangover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Because I think had we not had to go straight into bands on the Thursday. I think if we had just had that day of doing nothing but chilling and drinking, then we would have been in a lot better moods. And like exhaustion-wise, we would have been able to like I think last a bit longer because by the end of the weekend, we were definitely I think all feeling it. But we're lagging. I don't know. Do you guys think in retrospect, um, would you have wanted to go on the Tuesday so that there were still two days of early entry, Tuesday and Wednesday? No. <laughs> I feel like the amount of days it is perfect, and knowing that they're going to go back to the three-day model next year is is a blessing in disguise because I think having that to go back to and having the two days of kind of fun partying with with the full five days but having four days of music this year I would imagine everyone would have pretty much bought like the whole five day camping because you may as well go there for the extra day beforehand but going to the regular three days there would be less people usually that would do the five days because they would just start coming down for the, the yeah, first day of bands so I think from that perspective it will be an easier kind of journey hopefully next year and a better experience going there for the Wednesday because there would be less people. It's not been this way for a few years now but it used to feel like the the five-day camping with the extra Wednesday entry used to be so that you get rid of all the stress of arriving on the Thursday. You can just drive straight in, you get a a camping spot easily. Whereas now it feels like you have no option but to buy that extra ticket. I feel like the Wednesday tickets should kind of have a cap on them so that you at least feel 
not necessarily exclusive, but you've raised that stress that you normally have on the Thursday. There should be a point to going for early entry. Yeah. Um, Whereas it, it's, you're kind of given no option. Like if you don't buy that early entry ticket, you're going to struggle to find a space. So we then woke up and it was the Thursday and first day of music. And to be honest, I'd already forgotten about the day before. Please late. I was already excited and ready to go, drink in hand. Positive mental attitude yeah. gets you a long way. Yeah. I'm I, I can't recall. Who was the first band we saw? Ginger. Ginger. Oh God, it was, wasn't it? And they were fucking great. So good. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think we were all like really excited for it and uh, just delivered in spades. It was a perfect first band for the whole weekend. Really set the tone. Heavy as fuck. They sounded brilliant. They really did. I really can't fault that performance at all. There's always something really exciting about the first set of a festival as well, especially at Download or like any weekend long festival like the first band of the weekend you, you always want it to like set the bar i guess and just be a really exciting set and they they were they delivered however i was not a ginger my first band that i saw i think which was a clash was caskets and this is where i'm going to get onto one of the points quite earlier on they were inside i'm getting honest i can't remember which tent it was dog tooth and the sound was really really rough um and it really took away and ruined the experience. I'd, I'd had a lot of anticipation hearing about them, um, listening to some of the songs beforehand and expecting to have a really good time. Um, I just kind of felt a bit deflated afterwards. Um, my expectations were kind of like dampened very early on. And I think having that as your first band and that experience straight away at the start of the festival is not ideal. Um, but I think the issue of having rough sound in some of the tents was a consistent thing across the whole four days of the music. There seemed to be a lot of bands that had that issue um, which really just affected performance and I think a lot of people had a disappointment in seeing some of their favourite acts which it's not how it should be when you want to go and enjoy four days of music I think even the main stage had a few sound issues from yeah. what I experienced um, like I don't know if it was just because it was quite breezy on some days that it kind of just intercepted the sound and like muffled it a bit but it just seemed a bit inconsistent at times which was a shame because usually the sound especially on the main stage is huge I mean, the poor sound in, in the tents that we've just spoke about really carried through into the next band that we, I think, all saw, which was Mum Jeans in the Avalanche stage. And it was a real, real shame because I love that band. A lot of us were really, really excited for that set. Yeah, it was my first time seeing them, so I was really hyped to see them. It, it and really, then I couldn't just couldn't hear the vocalist yeah, at all. It felt like unless you really, really knew the songs and knew where the song was going, Yeah, if you'd been in that set completely blind to that band, I think you would have just not had a fucking clue what was going on which is just a, a massive massive shame to be honest i think from there on we went to state champs um inside a tent but a hell of a lot better i think the vibes in there um really really picked up a lot more enjoyable uh had you on my shoulders once again which was a lot of fun traditions um i feel like we have to do that every time we see state champs now especially at download uh and it was just a really really enjoyable set and i think that was the point in particular for me where it felt like, yeah, we're at Downey Festival and this is, this is all kicking into gear now. Um, and I, I felt, I think I took that Thursday as like an early entry day because of that. I was like, this is the only band really, in particular, I was like, I knew beforehand that I was really jazzed to see and thoroughly enjoyed it. A lot of good vibes, like I said. Um, fun times were had. Yeah, I mean, every, every time we see State Champs, they, we end up coming away from it saying like, they're just one of the most fun live bands that we see. Mm -hmm. Every song's a banger and like, it's just an infectious like vibe that I takes over. I almost forget about them sometimes yeah. and like don't listen to them for ages. But then anytime they're on a festival lineup or a gig lineup, I'm like, I'm there. I'm gonna go and see them. Straight and away. it's always such a good time. 
um, while you were at State Champs, your boy was at Skindred um, on the Opus stage. Um, I think that was my fourth time seeing them. And even though I wasn't like in the pit or anything like that, I would say it was probably my favourite due to the fact that just it was an a captivating performance. Super fun, super bouncy. And I honestly, I just felt really happy. I didn't just feel happy for what I was witnessing. I felt more happy for also the um, the general sort of like, the my surroundings was infectiously positive because everybody was having such a nice time. And when I say everybody, I mean an absolutely gigantic crowd, which was only put into perspective for me properly from that aerial, there's a lot of- um, I've seen I some of it that, yeah. It's crazy. insane the amount of crowd they've pulled yeah. from that. Um, I'll tell you what, what do you reckon? Five, six, seven years? Could they actually headline the whole thing? What do you think? They, they do have a It's, it's a weird draw. one because the download crowd just seems to suit them. Yeah. Because, mm. I mean, they're billed for 2,000 trees this year, not even as a headliner. Oh, yeah. And that festival is so much smaller than download. Mm. So I think, yeah, it's weird. They're not, they're probably not headline if another festival of that size anywhere else they're probably not the headline they're not headline material at all it's like the planets align really isn't it yeah it's like skin dread at download something just clicks mm. and they're able to pull crowds like that and yeah i don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that they could headline one day after that though it was your happy place wasn't it metallica night one baby we all well i left state champs a bit early because i wanted to get a decent spot. I was managed very luckily to get into the very front section, not the snake pit, <laughs> but um, they sort of had like a like gates to get into the front barrier section, and uh, fortunately managed to get in before they like shut them off. Just loved it, man. I had so much fun. Made some friends in the crowd um, who would give me just shots of whiskey, even though I didn't really want it. But um, <laughs> I loved it. I've, I um, I don't know. It felt like a surreal like goosebump moment. Just the opening song and. The whole set I thought was great. Like, I controversially, I think I might have preferred. I don't know. Every time I think about it, I flip between night one and night two of Metallica. But there were some songs in this set specifically that were just amazing. Lux Eterna specifically was like. I do like that one. One of the I don't get the, the hate set. for that song. So I think I, it's great. That was an interesting point. That I think the wind was kind of blowing it towards camp. Me and we were back there chilling, and we heard Lux Eterna in particular, and we're like, "Fuck, they actually sound really, really good." Um, I, I had, didn't really have any interest in seeing Metallica originally. And I, I came with kind of watch some of Night 2 on Saturday. But even like from quite a while away, and I know there were noise complaints as well. I was going to say, you weren't just hearing it from camp. Apparently, yeah. Allegedly people from up to 15 miles away yeah, could hear um, Metallica quite clearly. But also should. sounding really <laughs> good. Um, I remember hearing I think Nothing Else Matters from quite a while away. Um, and it, yeah, Probably my favourite song on the set, I think. Just sounded really, really good from there, so... Did end up watching some of Night 2, but we'll get to that we'll get in a bit. That. But the the one-two close of Seek and Destroy into Master of Puppets. Whew. Just, oh yeah, that's surreal. Where, whereabouts were you guys for, for that set? We were kind of just off to the left-hand side, sort of near the tower things. So yeah, relatively close to the front, not the front front like you were. Kind of where we were for Bring Me the Horizon, which we'll come on to soon. And then it was Friday. Witch Fever was the band that kicked Friday off for us. And they were bloody brill, as usual. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, once again, like, you, you always want a festival to start the day as you mean to go on. And that was, like, a, just a really, really fun, cool, gothic way to start the day. Loved it. Yeah, the set was brilliant. Um, opened with, I saw you dancing. Yeah. And, I, and we were dancing all we right. Were, and we were dancing. We were dancing. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's made me even more excited for their set of trees because I think that's going to be a bit more um, intimate and maybe a bit rowdier. Um, okay. But no, they were brilliant. They were really, really good. And from there, we then chilled out until Pupil Slicer came on next on the Dogtooth stage. Yeah, this was a weird one because we were really, really excited for this set and I'm, I'm intrigued about this band because I don't know a, lot, a whole lot about them. But it was another example of like the sound um, really taking the wind out of the sails um, just because, oh yeah, my enjoyment of, of that set was just com- completely tarnished by, I don't know, the, the intern was was doing the sound apparently, I think. It's almost like, you know when you're a kid and you're at the supermarket with your mum and you get to the checkout and she's like, oh, just go and get one more thing, I'll be right back. And then you get to the front of the checkout and you've it's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't even know my ABC. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like that. It's a bit like the actual sound engineer's gone, I'll be, I'll be two minutes. Honestly, I'll, I'll be right back. And then they've not come back in time for the band to go on the stage. Well, so, me and James at least saw Hot Milk on the main stage. Yes, we did. a little bit of their set. Um, seen them a few times before. They're one of those bands, again, that like I've never got into them enough to listen to them properly, but any time I've seen them live, and there's been loads of opportunities to see them live as well, they seem to be a really busy band. Um, they've always been good. They've always sounded really solid. They've always yeah. put on a great performance, loads of energy. Don't know what else to say, really. No, I think you covered all bases with them. Mm. Um, that was a good point, I think, just uh, have a couple of pints, chill in the nice weather, because we were blessed with nice weather, even though it got fucking hot. Um, but to kind of just enjoy it from main stage from a little bit of far and just vibe. I think also that's a really good, like, they could have just been put on the Avalanche stage and, like, higher up and, and done really, really well. But I feel like that's a really good example of download, like, pushing those bands just that extra step by letting them be on main stage rather than yeah. maybe Opus or Avalanche. And you've got to give credit there because yeah. we've been critical of that in the past. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's good to see them giving uh, and th- th- this a whole this whole Friday especially had that, had that vibe. Like, Nova Twins beforehand, which unfortunately we didn't, we saw like the very very end of their set right from the back but it is just amazing to to know that those bands are getting a chance to shine in front of just so many people yeah i think there are a lot of bands this weekend that have probably played to the biggest crowd they ever have yeah which is again just awesome i think from um pupil slicer we went over to see dmob happy and uh sadly they seem to be late on uh and then uh, they did actually put over the PA like due to an unforeseen like medical issue. They had pushed it back, which is a scheduling nightmare. The the, the um the stage manager was probably just beating the intern up uh, backstage or something. Lots of that interns getting beaten intern. out. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, it was that classic sods law thing where we were like, oh yeah, I think we're gonna have to leave this one. And the moment we left the tent, they started playing. But from there, um, Callum and I went over to Ingested. I just. Uh... Incredible, yeah, like just just genuinely incredible. I didn't know which way you were going to go with no, that. No, <laughs> I could have gone either no, way. See, that's the fun of me. I'm sort of like when they announced the X Factor Ooh. winner. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they long it out. Um, no, Ingested were absolutely bloody fantastic. Like, I don't know what the uh, vocalist is called, so I'm just going to call him the Geezer. The Geezer had a massive smile on his face. He was loving it. He was revving the crowd up. The 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 pit actually went so far back. If you understand like how um the size of the Dogtooth stage, they were pretty much they had a pit that pretty much went halfway um which i think was the largest i saw in that tent throughout the whole weekend um it was just absolutely brilliant great vibes and uh i really want to see him again brilliant just <sighs> so i'm just gushing all right yeah, that's, that's what you <laughs> want though you won't yeah. be able to like yeah you yeah so tldr ingested good intern bad <laughs> <laughs> and had something else that was good so we went back to the main stage we saw neck deep i've got this thing with live bands that like if they're having fun, 
like it doesn't matter who they are i'm having fun as well oh yeah and sure. it helps that i'm a big neck deep fan already but they were having a lot of fun up there oh you, you could tell um just the way ben was kind of bouncing around the stage constantly um west with his just spinning um everyone was like finger pointing uh me and ruben were like the front section um just vibing the whole time just everyone going for it a lot of crowd surfers during it as well which is a lot of fun um really really strong set list i think yeah particular. it's quite a lot of uh lifestyle to get you yeah felt. um and again a little little tease of a tour coming later this year or early next year because they're still and an album still waiting on that bloody 10-year anniversary tour for those two eps that they've been promising for bloody ages and done over in america but not over here um but very very fun set and definitely a highlight of that friday and I think that was a point for me where it all like started to kick into gear ready for like the rest of the day. Um, yeah, enjoyable. So enjoyable. And after Neck Deep, <laughs> Pendulum. <laughs> oh my Lord. Pendulum boys. That Pendulum. was a lot of fun. I think there was quite a lot of us together for that one as well. Um, a lot of this whole weekend we'd kept sort of splitting off into little like pairs and very small groups and stuff. But Pendulum, I think the majority of us at least were there and having a proper little party weren't we I, I had as much fun watching Josh as I did watching the band themselves because <laughs> like I've never seen you dance that much just like non-stop it was relentless but I loved it man you looked so happy I, re I really was the only thing that could have made that no two things that could have made that performance better longer set oh sorry Sam Carter we'll get to that and uh, the second thing is if it's just purely if that if they were playing in like a tent or if it was dark it just it just would have elevated it to, a, it would have made a brilliant performance. Massively brilliant. I got C and G, so C English. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on, sorry. Pup Brothers, Pup. Oh, Pup were great. They were probably the only band on that Avalanche stage that didn't have sound issues for me. Agreed. Um, and it almost felt like they played, I mean, I was expecting a few more from the newer album. I don't know if it's because it's download they felt like, oh, let's play some of the more rock and roll songs. So there's quite a lot of um, the first two albums, I yeah. guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, on off of Morbid Stuff as well, which was a nice surprise. They just needed some more crowd surfers, that's all. Yeah, um, I, th I think one I of them being, if it was the heat or something. Yeah, but one of them being me. I was doing the thing like, <laughs> guys just like. <laughs> no, that's a shame. Oh, I hate I those know. kind of people. Yeah, how dare you not do what I want? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> Let me crowd surf. Speaking of crowd surfing, me and you, James, were architects in, right in the midst of it. Oh, yeah. Um, such a fun experience. I think they really, really killed that sub-headline spot. Get to the point, Adam. Get to the point. I crowd surfed, joined Royal Beggars, tried to get a fist bump from Sam Carter. He, like, edged towards trying to get it on the stage. Missed, because then security were dragging me away. He then was telling them to let go, let go, all this kind of thing. Came down, gave me a hug instead. I, I did a duet with Sam Carter. I think I can say that. I was on the mic. Architects featuring, featuring me. <laughs> featuring yeah. me. Um, I think the only thing I missed off was probably having a sticker ready, just like slap on his back. Um, well, you missed, the, me. You, you missed the right notes as well. But. I know, I know. I, my, my vocals need work. My vocals need work. Well, something but, I uh, found funny about that was like, he was saying let go to the security yeah. guard, but also those are the lyrics of the song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very convenient. Um, but yeah, like, cool, just like, experience that's one that never going to really forget or no i heard let go because i thought you'd Everyone like, mob, i thought like... you'd mob sam car and you were about to get like tased by security yeah. <laughs> to be honest. that was the other thing from, from where josh and i were we'd, we'd just made our way from the end of pup to go and kind of watch architects from sort of i guess as far forward as we could get but as we were approaching they were playing raw beggars and then there was just a 
we heard the sort of commotion that let go, let go, and then and then we looked up and we were like, that's James. Jaw sure, sure hit the floor literally. <laughs> well, that was what's crazy is we we were in the pit and me, Ruben, and Tyler boosted James up, sent him on his way, and like we were pretty far back so he had quite a long way to travel so like it was probably about a good solid minute later into the song where we were all just still like moshing and dancing and we all just went what the fuck <laughs> I, sorry i also love the terminology terminology of sent him on his way because i feel it's like making him a little pack lunch like, tap it on the head, like have a good day <laughs> sorry on your way now <laughs> wave the napkin cheerio <laughs> he's got all his belongings a little bag on the end of a stick yeah his oh, little Christ. bindle <laughs> <laughs> Archite- architects are subheadliners. What, what's the verdict? I think they yeah, they fucking it. killed it. I thought they were good. I mean, we only caught kind of the final third of the set, I guess. So I only saw them play sort of some relatively newer stuff. Um, so I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the set list was like. Did they play much older bits? Or was uh, it the oldest song was Nihilist. Okay, which they opened with, which was really that's cool. I think it was a, a perfect pairing for them to be before Bring Me, because I mean that fan base is, you know, pretty much exactly the same. So like. And I think Sam was making the, making the point as well of Architects and Brumi have toured together like so many yeah. times and worked together for ages. So synergies there. It's almost like they're kind of both climbing up the ladder together. Do we think Architects are future downward headliners after that set? No, not not from that set. No, I think again, it's with a lot of prospective downward headliners, there may be one big album and like a big break away, but like it needs to be like a really impressive kind of extra. Yeah, not yeah. just even an extra step, an extra leap, I yeah, think. That's fair enough. So, uh, after Architects, who took to the stage? Well, uh, who took to the stage was a band that we unquestionably knew were ready to headline download. Mm-hmm. It was whether everyone else believed they were ready, but I think they proved a lot of people wrong. Bring me the horizon. Nailed it! And what a set it was. Let's just I, I think it was the best headline best set headline, of the weekend, yeah. and maybe the best headline set I've seen it download myself. I've only, I've only down have you been to? I've only been, I've only been four times, but four out of twenty. The one, the ones I've seen, that was that was my favourite one. It's definitely up there for me. Um, I was the only one that was like in the pit section. Apart from you, you came and joined in later on, Alex. And I found you right yes. at the end. Um, but especially in there, the crowd in that front section, feral. absolutely feral. Um, feral savages. The pits were phenomenal. Um, some of the best pits of the weekend that I was in. Uh, for sure there was some like some of the pits were really shit which I'll get onto soon as well um, which I'm ready to call out you are a pit connoisseur Ex- I am at this point <laughs> but no the, the Bring Me One was fucking insane uh, <laughs> uh, heavy songs like Dear Diary like that absolutely fucking went off the amount of people like belting along to Shadow Moses was insane um, Ollie I think really worked the crowd quite well uh, I'm sorry I'm laughing at that genuinely because it's just like yeah he commanded the crowd quite well come on you little shit fucking new metal royalties right there Amy Lee come on you little fucking shit do we want to say anything else about Bring Me the Horizon uh, yeah their production was fucking insane just in general thought, going from bit I to bit I thought it was interesting that they had almost a storyline going through and that makes like, me intrigued to hear next gen and mm. how that maybe crosses through from um Posting survival horror, but just in general, the, the production was insane. The pyro was phenomenal, um, especially. I don't know how it was for you guys. And I imagine it was still warm. The the ones on top of the uh, staging that they had. Yeah, we could like still the feel two them. times they went off were fucking boiling. I thought the ones that went like around the side of the stage were really cool. Oh like, yeah, almost like a ring of fire. They were amazing. Um, they they put the other headliners to shame really in terms of production. Yeah, and, I mean, and it like felt effort, like I think as it well. felt like Metallica and Slipknot they can just turn up, do a job, and go home. Whereas 
this Brimley set, it felt like they knew they had a point to prove and they really fucking proved it. Maybe not immediately after this next uh, post-human comes out, but maybe, because they've said they're doing four, maybe after three, maybe even at the end of four, but I, well, I fully I'm, expect it in the next few years. We talk about that like repeat revolving door of headliners the Dowling has. I think Brimley Horizon are just, they're, they're, joined, they're joining that room now. Yeah, they're, they're in there. And I, I hope that because... Download, I guess, knew a little bit. Maybe they were taking a risk, even though we thought it would it would pay off. That they can now see that okay, cool. Who's the next new band we can bring in, and this can start a little yeah. bit of a trend going forwards. And I mean, we talked about the lineup on that day being almost like they're trying to introduce some new bands and kind of give them that little chance to like be play on a bigger stage, play higher up the lineup than they might normally have done. Off the back of this, proving that Bring Me was successful. Uh, whoever they get next, I don't know. I think I know, but I will. We'll hold to, that. I'll come to that. We'll hold that later. What we probably didn't expect about Bring Me the Horizon's appearance at Download Festival was that they did um, an immersive experience that had its pros and certainly had its cons. And I do not want to give uh, Download goers who went this year PTSD, but where can I get some good fish and chips? <laughs> <laughs> By the Avalanche stage, they had the Church of Genexis pop-up mm-hmm. um, ritual experience. Which none of us went to. None of us <laughs> went to. Um, apparently people were sworn to secrecy after they came out, however. Well, they didn't keep it secret because I've heard that yeah. you got like an exclusive like pendant necklace yep. thing and, and, um, and the opportunity to buy some exclusive yeah. merch. Um, I think it's a very cool thing, uh, like sort of in theory. I think the execution for some people was a bit off. Like there was a, the person that I spoke to said they queued all day on Friday, didn't get in. But like, they like queued for like two gonna, hours and didn't get in because it shut. Maybe this is controversial, but why would you do that? Yeah, uh, you surely you're, you're at, at, you're at a music festival. You look you've, at the queue and you think you've paid good money nah. to be there. Why do you want to go to a little gimmicky marketing? It's the same thing as like instead the, of going to see loads of bands. Yeah, it seems like the tattoo thing. It's like why would why is yeah. that a good? Use careful of your now, time? careful now. <laughs> I couldn't possibly fathom getting like a download dog or something tattooed on me either. What's its name? Does it have a name? Dave. <laughs> Good luck editing this, Alex. Yeah. So after that Bring Me set, I think we had our first, I guess, proper night. Night? No. Proper night at the doghouse. Um, that's our Whitney accent coming through. The doghouse dog is the place to be. It's the, a magical the place. The doghouse at Download is one of my favourite places on earth. It's just so much fun. How do we feel silly time. about the setting of it this year? I actually, when I first saw it and we first heard that the doghouse was in a tent again, I was excited. But actually, mm. I think it was a bit of a vibe killer compared to last year being in I th- the I don't know if it's be- with it being in the tent. I think it was just with how many people were there. I think it was just so busy that you couldn't move around as freely as you could before. Maybe that's the tent being restrictive. I don't know. But obviously, where we naturally entered from sort of the south side of the doghouse, we kind of walk in and you're straight into a crowd and you're kind of stuck at the back. Whereas at nights later on, we kind of moved around to a different entrance and got a bit closer to the stage and stuff. But if you just go in the first point you see, you're kind of just stuck in your own little zone, I guess. Which made it hard. There was loads of people that we wanted to like go and hang out with, like drop the lineup. Maybe, I don't know, Festpod were about Dilcam. We wanted to go and like find them and hang out with them, but it was difficult to do anything really. But again, I think that's just down to the sheer amount of people that were there. But we still had a really good time. Yeah. Saturday, I think me and Ruben were the first ones down. We went to go and catch the end of Polaris, which was very sick. And I think we're like, okay, sit. when they tour again next over here, definitely want to catch them. Um, but then it was pretty much the main band of the day for me, um, straight from the path. And it was just fucking incredible. This was when the heat and the dust really got to me. But I fought my way through it because that pit was feral. 
Um, they put an incredible set. I remember like speaking to the rest of the group afterwards and they were like, oh my God, Craig's an incredible drummer and put on such a phenomenal performance with that. For me, straight up, it was just the highlight of my Saturday. While, we, while you were there, I saw uh, Fever 333 over on the main stage. Um, wasn't too sure about it going into things because obviously they've had all the lineup changes recently, but they were just as good as and maybe even more energetic than they normally are. There were points where, because obviously Metallica were playing later that day, they had the like runway for the snake pit and stuff. Um, Jason was just like doing laps of it, like constantly, like it was like an Olympic running track or something, leaping off of things. Loads of pyro as well. Uh, the new the new members as well were like using the runway as well, like loads of crowd interaction. It was just a lot of fun. D- a disappointingly small crowd. I mean, it looks like a big crowd in photos, but we went to the, like the very front bit and it was really really spacious. There wasn't really much going on in the crowd itself, but in terms of the actual performance, can't fault it really. Well, as we've seen, um, potentially that small-ish crowd could be due to the scheduling um, clashes off straight from the path from Fever 333. I think it might have been a pure mess up, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think we should di- dive in more. I think it is maybe just a little, oops. If you had one following yeah. the other, you would have had an incredible experience there. And I think... things it doesn't matter to download because they've got people in there anyway. Yeah. People are going to be in the arena somewhere yeah. and that's all that matters to them. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen both because I think they're fairly similar bands. They've both got, they both like write sort of politically driven songs. Both like very inspired by Rage Against the Machine quite clearly. Um, so yeah, some tough choices to make for a few people on that day, I think. So then... Um I have been meaning to see Municipal Waste for so many years now. Like, really, I have. And uh, did I go see them? No. Now, the reason why I didn't go see Municipal Waste is because it was just too bloody hot. And um, I chose to stay in the um, Ava, no, yes, Avalanche stage, and we caught Lake Malice, like the whole of the Lake Malice set, who, um, well, actually, that's a bit of a white lie because we were, like, lying down on the floor, but we could... <laughs> but no, the thing is... Uh, what I heard from that performance, fantastic. Um, the vocalist um, she, uh, stated that, you know, this is the largest audience we've ever had or something. Thank you so much. And I was like, fucking A, like, you've done really well here. This sounds banging. Um, and I um, was also just wondering, I've been mulling around in my head, like, in the comments, tell us, what counts as seeing a band? Stick with me a minute, right? We heard the whole set. We didn't visually look at the thing, right? Did we technically see them? When you're shuffling around at a festival, I saw like a song of Def Leppard in 2019. Do I say to people, I've seen Def Leppard? What yeah. does it take for you to say, yes, I have seen that band? 10 seconds? That's an Half a set? A really interesting mm-hmm. Honestly, tell us in the comments because I've been wondering and I bet you there's loads of different answers. I, me and Ruben went to, I think it was the beer tent and we just kind of like found some shade and we were just sta- like even stood in there just kind of like chill. Um, and I think we caught a little bit of uh, Motionless and White and Main Stage and they pulled in a fantastic crowd. Um, and thought, fuck it, we need to get some shade in the tent. And we went to go see Black Gold. For him, he was like, it's a little bit of me. And I think you, were you there as well? Look, any band that starts <laughs> their set with like a wicka wicka wah wah with a bloody turntable, I'm an absolute sucker for. They were so fucking good. Um, fair play to them in that heat with the masks, the outfits they had on. I Again, love the like tracksuit. Mate, <laughs> they were bound, it bounded across the stage and they put so much energy into that performance. Really, I think... Bands sometimes feel they've got a point to prove as well when they're a more small up-and-coming band. But they, they were just fucking incredible, I think. So much energy in that performance. Um, and really, it's come away from me being like, I've heard of them, and now I need to come away and listen to them. Yeah. It really like changed my perspective completely. I think I saw they'd won some heavy music awards this year. 
um, yeah. in the past year in particular, of like best new brand or best breakthrough brand or up and coming or something like that. And um, yeah, very, very impressed by them. They're supporting Skindred. Sorry, Josh. That's they're supporting Skindred on Skindred's headline tour, which is a really, really great pairing. I think me and Ruben look like we looked at each other more like, shall we go? So we're going to discuss it. So I sadly had to peel myself away from that black gold set because um, I wanted to go see Carcass, who um, you know, just like metal as fuck. Like, there's not really much more I can say. Um, what? I, uh, well, actually, fuck it. What I will say is that as a bassist, when the singer is also the bassist i the the respect the beaming pride i have in my <laughs> head of someone who took the time to actually hone that skill i always find so impressive so um this was another case of me having to leave a set early because i wanted to get in a good spot for clutch um clutch um killed it in regards to the tech issues that they were having which is one that you don't quite expect where they were having bbc news play through all of their in-ears while they were using a um, stand-in bassist, the uh, bassist from Fu Manchu. Um, yeah, not really ideal. To them, they- How does that happen? I think it was honestly just like a channel. Uh, across, to the radio. Across the channel, yeah, genuinely. It, and ironically, I would have loved if they said something about like, download festival goers are causing a bit of mayhem <laughs> on the roads. And they're, or they're just, just there like, boom, boom. I love that. I was like, at first I was like, that doesn't sound anything like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Fuck. Oh, man. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, they still smashed it, but you could kind of see from their sort of like general demeanor that they were really not happy. And I reckon they probably would have left the stage feeling like they just just delivered a pile of shit to the audience. But no, it was perfect. I really enjoyed it. Um, I just wish I would have uh, had maybe like a two-pinter beer at that point. But as we found, and I don't know if you guys found as well, um, that it was a bit tough to day drink. Um, they're not just due to the seven pound pints, etc. It was more like you kind of needed every bit of hydration you could yeah, fathom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, band wise, while you were at Clutch, we were seeing Casey. Uh, yes, and I think they were mostly very good. They were mostly very they, good. I think. Um, I think when you're a, a big fan of a band like that and you're just like immersed in the moment, it's difficult to kind of see all the issues they're having. But speaking to a couple of our friends afterwards, they did apparently have a few technical yeah. issues, which. We seem to be talking a lot about technical issues, but I'm feeling that. Yeah, you kind of can't ignore them at this point. Even I felt, as a fan of KC, I felt like the technical issues were sort of overshadowing the performance a little bit, which is a, a real shame because they sounded fantastic when we saw them um, at the start of the year in Bristol. Um, I left that yeah, set just, a little yeah, bit just early a bit of a shame. I uh, just felt like in, you said it was mainly the, the vocals. Yeah, the vocals in particular while inside the tent for me just it didn't really. It didn't just come across right, didn't sound okay. Um, just a, a little bit more overpowering in the mix, to be honest. But then what was interesting was once kind of getting outside of the tent and having a little bit of distance away, they sounded really good. So uh, I don't know if that's just something they need to sort out with their interns inside the tent um, and just making sure they know how to do the mix correctly for in there. Um, but it was disappointing and I'm looking forward to seeing them at Trees. And kind of hopefully having a better experience because that show in January was really, really fucking good. So I think it was then for me, Alexis on fire, who were absolutely fantastic. Um, crowd was um, really into it. Um, I had some people around me who honestly, I was like, oh my goodness, you are shredding your voice. There is no coming back from that. But I mean, if you want to get into it that much, then uh, you do you. Um, and 
I feel that was another one of those things where the wind, I was actually pretty close to stage and I feel like the wind was carrying that sound so badly, which is um, a real shame. Um, but it's just one of those things. They were great. I don't really have much more to say. And the next one was Disturbed. No, it wasn't. Well, you were there. I saw Three Days Grace, uh, a bit of an impulsive one. Um, Realised they've actually got a hell of a lot of bangers. Um, and yeah, they were really fun. It was only a very short set, but I think I knew every song, which I didn't expect to. And they, they were actually pretty good, I thought. So then Disturbed. So, okay, this is probably my fault. I was really far back for Disturbed, um, technically in the equivalent of like the nosebleeds. And uh, I just kind of sat down, my feet were hurting, and then people started to like sort of like frown at me from above. I was thinking, well, get off your high horse. You know, look at you and your ivory tower. Because they're on a horse. <laughs> no, it was, was... <laughs> no, it was actually because for some reason, they just, the ice cream van queue started to just cut through me. And I'm just <laughs> sitting there in the ice cream van queue. Was just... So that was what that was about. And um, so I was kind of embarrassed from that. So to save my embarrassment, I just walked into the... Uh, the uh, Avalanche tent, Dogtooth stage, sorry. And uh, to my absolute surprise, who was standing there in all their glory, ugly, grotesque glory? Gua. Oh my God. So I've looked at this and it seems like they were moved there, literally. So that's why it was such a shock. And I was very aware that the new metal legends Disturbed were performing to an absolute gigantic audience, which I should have been a part of. And I was just like, Haha, <laughs> funny, funny blood squirt on person, you know. But no, I'm I, no. In all seriousness, they they actually surprised me with how good their sort of catchy choruses are. Fantastic performance, visually it looked amazing. I could also I was standing, I could sort of see them doing the costume changes on the left hand side of the stage as well. So that was like kind of an interesting aspect to the performance. Like I, I find stuff like that interesting, and um, I'm I was literally just like, holy shit, man, am I about to become like a gua like fan and shit and. Um, I think the answer and is yes. yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. really jealous of you because I kind of wanted to see it for theatrics and just to kind of take it all in because after like seeing videos online of what they're like. Um, but I did make the decision to end up staying at Disturbed. I felt like it was all right. Mm-hmm. I was also quite far back for it. Um, I, I mean, I shredded the guitar solo stricken like I was still on Guitar Hero 3. <laughs> um, absolutely nailed it on hard mode. So... That was cool. Down with the sickness, can't lie. That was cool. Sound of Silence was amazing, to be fair. When they brought Dan Donegan out with the piano, um, they had strings, they had the timpani out, and it, that felt like a really big moment. But it did feel like it was a lot of people just kind of standing and watching the set, maybe just because of that fact of like new metal legends disturbed. It's not quite the same as, same as like the the upbeat atmosphere there was like for Corn last year in particular. Mm-hmm. That felt like people were going like mad for it in the pits. Um, I remember that being very, very active. This felt like a lot of people just standing and watching. I can now say that I've seen Disturbed. However, um, didn't enjoy it maybe as much as I thought I would. Okay. You mentioned the crowd standing around. I think there's a bit of a theme of that across the whole weekend. I think a lot of the pits weren't didn't have that sort of same sort of energy or at least some of the smaller bands where you'd normally get a pit just because people are enjoying something heavy. They re- didn't really open up as much as it maybe would have done normally. I don't know if it's because of the, sh- the sheer heat and just how much energy it sapped out of people, but they felt like across a lot of sets across the weekend, there could have been a bit more energy in the crowd, but who knows why not. Totally valid. And uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the year before, I was, I think, pitted to the majority of people. I saw like crowd surf and everything. Uh, this time around, I'm, I think I went into a mosh pit for 
the equivalent of probably like what six minutes and i think it's probably down to exactly what you're saying i was just tired and heat heat hot i'm tired and heat i'm tired and heat all right next was monuments now monuments was I've, I've been aware of them for absolutely years sort of um in the days where i sort of like discovered uh, discovered like tesseract and sort of went through the sort of gent stuff and um i just want to say this guy's like holy shit it was one of those performances that you're watching you're standing there eyes glued and you're like this could potentially become like my favorite band i just gotta let it sink in let it slither in you know and it's my favorite band and I was like, well, this is gnarly as fuck, and I love it. And I wish everybody else was here too, because I think on paper we'd all love it as well. And even if maybe it wasn't quite your music, I think you could probably um, really appreciate and sort of like find it essentially awe-inspiring, their vocalist transitions between these fantastic cleans and then the, the his unclean screams as well, with just and the, the way he could seamlessly transition between the two at such a high caliber was genuinely I could watch that all day, to be honest. I, I, and I wish I wouldn't have had to peel myself away from it. But Coheed and Cambria. This is one you were very excited for, wasn't it? And that excitement was truly just. So, I started bombing it from Monuments. And then I realised that I sort of ran towards Placebo and was like, great, I do love you guys. Wrong stage. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. I just picture you like running past with your thumbs up, like I'm, I'm enjoying this guy. Why not somewhere to be? Yeah. You, know, you know when you you know when you're walking in the wrong direction and you, you realise phone like, up. Oh, I need to do so. I'm... <sighs> Done. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't get my phone out. I got my Clash Finder out. I did exactly <laughs> that. Just my unfolded the piece of paper like a big map and was like, oh, um, no. So I got to the Coheed and Cambria tent, and did I get in? No. Because it was absolutely rammed. Shouldn't have gone through to the wrong bloody stage, should you? Um, well, that'll learn me. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And it was... it was The thing is, like, what I couldn't believe, and for some, re- some, for some reason, I've just been absolutely transfixed on the fact that I find the lead vocals um, a little bit niche and quite unique. And so, therefore, I just assumed that loads of other people would just not be into it. And I was just... And I'm, I'm happy to say really really wrong because it was completely full and the people even on the outside like myself were like finger pointing going mad everyone you know there's a lot of lyrics it's very progressive and like everybody was shouting the back it was just brilliant and i want to say as well i think it was the best sounding mix i heard on the non-main stage and i wasn't even like directly standing in an optimum spot Uh, that really says something um genuinely i just check them out and yeah with Coheed and Canberra as well like it clashed with um, Creeper who I would say are absolutely up there in my favourite bands and I uh, don't have any remorse or regret for, for missing Creeper to see Coheed at, like it, Silch I went to see Creeper in your absence thank you Danny Boy what do you think? they were good they played a new song as well excellent um, yeah saw them at Slam Dunk kind of a couple of weeks previous it was a similar sort of set really so yeah, it was a good time so Liquid Death. <laughs> so if you weren't in the queue for the water taps um, and you were content with spending, what, £2.50 on a can of water um, in, with the name of Liquid Death, what do we... I feel like we need to talk about this. What do you guys think about Liquid Death? The problem I had it was had with it was that, like, 
yeah, it's obviously like a branding thing. It's a sponsorship thing yeah. for the festival, but it almost feels like a deliberate move to be selling water in cans because if you're selling it in a bottle, you buy one bottle of water and then for the whole day, you've got that bottle of water that you can go and refill and stick in your bag for the rest of the day. Because it's a can, you can refill the can and carry it around, but you can't like put it away or do anything with it. So unless you want to carry that can around with you for the whole day, you're going to end up binning it and then buying another can later in the day and then buying another can. So it just, whether it's deliberate or not, I don't know, but it felt like it would have been a clever way for them to exploit that extra bit of money out of people. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I do I do want to bring up a point as well that you um, might be thinking at home as well with the um, sort of eco element. Yes, um, the uh, liquid death cans uh, claim to be uh, infinitely recyclable, which is great. Um, but the thing is, like Dan said, you know, purchase of one water bottle that could I, I, I use the same water bottle plastic one for the whole festival do you know what i mean and i'm sure hundred like tens of thousands of other people probably would as well um let do let us know in the comments though what you thought about the presence of liquid death at download festival personally although I, like on its own i think it's a great product i but I, I think the the gimmick is strong yeah um but the execution of it at the festival was, wasn't as keen on also, while we're talking about recyclable cans, I didn't see a single bin that I could have put anything in. That in the arena, at least. I just saw heaps of it on the floor. Yeah, there's times where people there, just be like, were not enough bins. Drop it together. Um, bar, yes, bar the um, the traffic issues getting in. Just, just I think my actual main gripe with this festival this year was the lack of bins. Like, um, yeah, you could say that um, they offer the 10p scheme for people to pick up the cups etc and i was quite pleased to see that i did see some people in high visas actually sorting through piles of rubbish to get the correct recycling so i I really love to see Mm -hmm. um but um no there wasn't enough bins and that's genuine feedback and i will be probably putting that in the form and then i'll probably be going down to the salon and getting my uh, karen haircut in place so to conclude the evening metallica night number two um First time I saw them, and if I'm honest, I was just bitterly disappointed and not impressed. Um, I know there's the whole thing of, of what Lars is like as a drummer. and I, I know I didn't stay for the whole set, probably maybe seven or eight songs. Um, but it was just sloppy. Um, fills were in and out of time. There are points, I think, where you were, like, you, you were saying, like, he'd finish it and then not know where to go. Yeah, and he'd just, were, like, come in yeah. and out of the bars, like, nothing's on time with it. And there's one point where like Hetford went behind him to try and help him keep time. Um, I think there's one of Kurt Hammett's solos also that I think he flubbed a little bit, which I I heard it and I was a bit like, oh shit. Um, and yeah, it, it just very underwhelmed. Although they weren't perfect, I still enjoyed the second set as much as I enjoyed the first one. Um, what I saw of it anyway, because yeah, the only reason I left early really was because I just wanted to sort of get down the doghouse really. I think at that point you, you, you know, might have had a blue slushy as well. I, oh, I did have a blue slushy. Yeah, that's slushy. what it was. That was why. Silly Dan was about yeah, to come Yeah, that's out. what it was. He turned his cap to the side. Yeah. <laughs> Metallica Night 2 for you. you. You went back down to the front again, didn't you? I did go back down to the front. However, I had to leave after the first few songs because I needed a wee. And then I couldn't get back in because it was full. But overall, Night 2 was a very conflicting one for me because on paper, the set list I think was significantly stronger. But it was a combination of like, yeah, I moved a bit further back. I was significantly more exhausted on night two than I was for night one. I think Lars was sloppier on night two. It's a weird one because he's simultaneously one of the best and one of the worst drummers in the world. <laughs> it's perplexing sometimes to listen to him play because it's like, hang on, 
that's either the most genius Phil I've ever heard, or this man <laughs> does not know a thing. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I dipped in the middle of the set, but they, they, they reeled me all the way back in towards the end. And, like, the closing 20 minutes, 25 minutes was nothing short of perfect for me. So, overall, I loved it. And um, the fact that we saw them, or the fact that I can say I saw them twice in a weekend is worth its weight in gold to me. So, I, I came away happy. Um, I still think that Bring Me did sort of blow them out of the water. Um, and I, I, I understand sort of like maybe wanting a little bit more in terms of production and showmanship. Um, it did feel like they were just sort of doing their thing. Yeah. They were just sort of there. It was just another show. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. It's fucking Metallica. And also, I, and I, Enter Sandman, I mean like modern heavy music as we know it just wouldn't be the same without that song. And I had like a real goosebump moment when that was playing. I just thought all the bands that have come after and all the bands that have been influenced, like, and it's because of these four minutes of music. And that to me was a really like overwhelming emotion that I felt. Um, so I, I I loved it. I think but it, it had its flaws. I can I, I can appreciate yeah. that. I think we then had a, had a lovely night out in the doghouse. We'll have a great night out. You'll see highlights of it in the vlog. Met a few people, which was quite cool. We met quite a few very nice people over the course of the weekend. Um, it was really lovely to, even just if it was a passing. Hey, it's the Ragamuffins. It was it was really really nice. So yeah, thank you to anyone that kind of came and said hello, Much or just sort of gave us a little nod or a fist bump, whatever. It was very very lovely. And then, the final day of music. The um, final day, and. I we went to see one of the bands. They're a very small band, but one of the bands I was most excited to see this weekend, uh, Beauty School. I introduced you guys to them, you guys, well, all three of you to them actually as well. Um, what did you think? Um, I thought um, really good, and um, basically, I, at first, I was a little bit like three guitarists, uh, uh, as in like yeah, three really? guitarists in a pop punk band. It's a bit like, like well, what really? are they going to do? Really? And <laughs> then that was quickly quashed very quickly. And I am an absolute sucker for like widdly widdly math rock shit, which which they uh, leave it in. And I was like, fuck yes. And I, you'll be pleased to know that I've absolutely sort of like had a little bit of a binge session listening to them post download already, um, which is really cool. And it was so fitting because Alex and I got a pizza for the pop punk show hey. and all we just needed to do was just leave our hometown for good <laughs> and we would have completed pop punk um to be honest actually while we were waiting for said pizza we caught a bit of bloody wood on the uh, the main mm. stage who um for a band that played at midday in a searing heat had a gigantic audience Massive. and it sounded yeah. bloody fantastic and um they're getting a lot bloody of good you could say ah, hey. it was really heartwarming to see that like it was the last day of the festival the, the heat was ridiculous and still so many people made that effort to get up early get down there and support that band and, and really really show up for them and uh hmm. yeah it's a testament to what you know this community is like people just love this music so much that yeah that's the thing about um download it's like i feel different to how i feel maybe when i'm just walking around in the general public when i'm at download it feels you kind of this oh this might sound a bit cringe but i just feel seen like not seen as in like yeah. uh mm. with a fringe sort of like amongst your people i guess in a yeah way. genuinely i just feel like it's comfortable and yeah. everybody's I kind think, of in the same yeah boat. especially for us living in quite a small rural town you don't really see many alternative kind of people around so when you're in almost like a mecca like download is where everyone is kind of 
similar or looks looks a bit like you wears band merch like you do um it's kind of comforting to be like yeah. oh yeah there's there's loads of people like us around but it's also like it's nice because it's like metalheads bloody lovely yeah always we're a great folk don't let your old nan tell you otherwise <laughs> come to download see for yourself bring her along as well change her mind <laughs> Yeah, get her down the front, crowd surf her <laughs> over, spin kick her in the face just to sort of liven her up a bit. She'll love Slipknot. Yeah. So I think after actually, I think getting through most of Beauty School's set, we actually ventured to main stage to make our way for Lorna Shore. Dust City, baby. Oh my God. Um, boiling hot. And like I said earlier on, shout out to the security guards who were like feeding us water by the barrier. And the, the main security guard there who I'm sure you'll see in the vlog, who was just vibing and was just throwing down. Um, man, they, they were incredible. Was that the same one that had asked everyone in the crowd what the band were like? Yeah, so I think he spoke, he spoke to Lewis in particular and was just saying, oh, okay, what they like. And he kind of gave him a brief rundown. Um, and then maybe like two songs on, this guy's like proper going for it. He was like, he was like uh, army tanking to the, uh, to the double bass drum, just sort of like vibing on his own. And I was just like, mate, legend get it i love you <laughs> um but they they sound a great live i think i really enjoyed their performance the pits look pretty good from the front section we were kind of like fairly close to it um but like people were active during it um well sounded fantastic live i thought the drums were a little high in the mix would have liked to hear the guitars a little more but um very much came away from that being like yeah fuck there's a lot of hype around this band and i felt the set lived up to it um yeah, Alex and I saw the first few songs of this set from sort of maybe like halfway up the hill and we were just about to set off to go and see the band, next band we wanted to see but then they started playing to the Hellfire which we were surprised at how early in the set they yeah. played it we, we thought that was like a, a guaranteed finisher. finisher but yeah we stuck around and saw that as well very welcoming it was impressive to be fair yeah. can say you've heard those pig noises in real life yep. and they were fucking good Right. Who, who do people see? Well, who did you go off to then? We went to see Graphic Nature. Uh, what I saw of it was really good. Um, <laughs> we all seem to have issues with our eyes on the Sunday for some reason. Because yeah. my eye, I don't know if it was just full of dust or like my final assumption was that I'd sweated sun cream into it and it just closed shut and was streaming. Um, so I was just stood there watching Graphic Nature like behind my sunglasses with just one eye like this. Um, but what I saw and heard, they were really fucking good. I fucking loved it. I got right down the front and I was you like... got a set list. Got a set list. Got a set list. As, as per. Set list, um, please. No, I was up at the front, finger pointing, moshing, banging my little head and uh, just loved it. Yeah, that set felt like a, like a really massive first step to take where it was like, oh shit, there's a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. And the reception was amazing. Like the crowd again for the heat and the time of day was proper rowdy. And they were clashing with Lorna Shore as yeah. well, which is tough for them. And uh, I, I really don't think they could have done any better than what they did. They were fantastic. But I think after that, we all we all managed to make our way together to go and see Amity Affliction. And we let the ocean take us. Absolutely. Take a drink for every water reference was, you get throughout the set. But I was, that would have a really good way to stay hydrated. Yeah, that really <laughs> would have been. Yeah, water references. More water, please. I think by this point... Because that was baking hot. I could hear my point. skin sizzling, I think. It's like they a, brought the Australian weather with them. There was a guy sat in a camping chair like in the area while we were waiting. And I moved to try and sit in the shadow of the camping chair just to get a bit of shade. Um, oh, yeah. There's another complaint I have about the festival this weekend. There was not enough shade. Oh, God, no. Because it's all well and good. Like, the only shade, really, that was accessible was either the taproom bar or the two tents. Yeah. And there wasn't enough room in the tents to oh, God, no. shelter everyone that was there or wanting shelter. It's great for the bands that were playing on their stages, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. played to some huge crowds. 
Um, uh, but yeah, some more shelter would have been nice. Amity Affliction were great. I really enjoyed them. They sounded a, a lot heavier in person than, or at least the new song sounded a lot heavier in person mm. than they do on record. Um, Very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it, it a lot. It sounded great. I mean, it felt very short though. It did feel quite short, yeah. I think it was only a half an hour slot. Mm. I think we're used to seeing them. We've seen them quite a few times at gigs as sub headliners, and they'll get a fair amount of time on that. Um, but I do think for that, that short amount of time they were there, it's always a good thing leaving wanting more. Um, love a little pyro. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, if, to me, this was like my last hurrah of adrenaline because, like, people that don't know, I've you said, had you had the eye thing after I did, didn't I've you? I've said on the podcast a bunch of times about how much I love the Amity Affliction, especially during like my teenage years. They were one of those bands that I really sort of like clung to for dear life. And um, so it was like seeing that set to me was just like a bit of a dream come true. I really, really love that band. And uh, unfortunately, after that is where yeah, the dust, the sweaty. The sun cream, the sweat, the hay fever. The eyes. Everything. My eyes. Um, basically, just sort of ruined the rest of my afternoon because I just couldn't. My left eye was just... I just cried, essentially, for about seven mm. hours. Um, yeah, my eye was still streaming at this point as well. It had been a good like hour and a half to two hours by this point. And I was genuinely like questioning whether I was going to be fit to drive home the following day. It was like... Not to sound like we're just complaining constantly, but it was pretty bad it was rough yeah, yeah. and again it's nothing the f- it's no one's fault like there's nothing the festival could have done to kind of sort that out it was just apart from having the medical tent providing eye washes which apparently they weren't they had a signage outside saying we will not do eye washes if there's a like a technical reason as to why i guess the eye is a very very delicate sensitive thing so maybe i don't know if someone could clarify why then i'd be fine with that but i was mm. literally like i basically had to have you lot waterboard me with water <laughs> into my eyes so that I could like wash it out because I was just fucked. And did it work? It works for like about half it, an hour. Yeah, and then, the thing, we both it soothes like, it for a bit, but it, then it's just it, it just like comes back. It was coming in waves. Like I would be sat there thinking, "This is never going to end. I'm going to start crying." Right then, and then it would clear up, and I'd be like, "It's over." But no. It, right. So next year, in the download shop, goggles, <laughs> Optrex. Yeah, we'll bring our own Optrex. Sponsor us, or else, please. I remember I was having the same issues um, and I remember I don't even remember what actually band it was we went to go and see I think on Dogtooth Soul Glow Soul Glow I literally lay there I, I genuinely think I fell asleep you did because I, I, mean, my, I was like, my eyes felt like they needed rest and I think for about an hour I, I kind of napped so after the Soul Glow snooze fest where did we all go? I after waking up very quickly realised I had two minutes to go meet Ruben at our a meeting point to go and watch I Prevail and this is where I touched on a point I made earlier. It was probably the most disappointing pit, if there even was one that I've seen, the, the whole of the four days we were there. Um, songs that we saw back in March, um, back at Over Arena, were that went off. It just felt like people were there, I think just not really giving a fuck. And like we we're trying to start some bits, and there were a few others that were trying but to start it. Maybe it just boils down to how exhausted everyone was. It might I mean, do, we've, but... We've just spoken about how we fell asleep and... To, to soul glow and I agree to some extent but then seeing like the <laughs> seeing like the circle pits that were going on for Lawn or Short seeing how like feral we still went for Slipknot if you like a band you're still going to go for them and I think like people especially in the front pits of like the main stage I, I pretty much would safely say any band that I saw there there were mosh pits happening and like just the crowd experience of the people that were in that front area if I prevail was just bitterly disappointing and I know me and Ruben like we were speaking about it afterwards we came away from that set um, feeling quite let down by it. Like sonically, mm. they, they sounded really, really good live. Um, but that crowd experience nullified some of that. 
um, and made it a bit more of a disappointing experience than I guess we both hoped for. But yeah, they were good. Where were you boys at them? We, I think we were just a bit fucked up and just <laughs> <laughs> went went to get a bit of food. Just went for a little wander. Um, that little wander just ended with a lie down as well. It, we didn't wander anywhere. It was, um, it was literally like one patch of comfy grass to another. <laughs> it was like a snoozing tour of the arena. Let's go and see if the grass is greener. Yeah. Is it? Uh, it's still like a shade of brown. Yeah. It's mostly dust and soil. Um, but it'll do. We'll lay down here and wash our eyes again. I then went to see Bad Religion, who um, started with American Jesus, which is um, an absolute bop, and it was a great start. And then I sort of, even from being so excited, uh, sort of, I felt my concentration just really starting to wane. Uh, toodled off. Who did I bloody see? Terror. What song were they playing? Only the one that, uh, the only one that people know. Keepers of the faith. I was there keeping the faith, and then they finished. <laughs> And bloody Bon Jovi over here. <laughs> I I can't undo. We're halfway there. All right. And um, Touche Moro took the stage. And I wish I could have stayed there for longer. It wasn't possible. But it was such like a. Uh, they they actually stated that um, they they tried to do something from like each of their albums. Um, the just pure emotion and drive that the band were sort of um, portraying that was then reflecting back. I was just. It was honestly probably one of the biggest people watch sets i've done where i was just sort of seeing people like sort of like really vibe and get into it every single word sort of with like proper venom and um yeah i had to uh uh leave because needing to get that optimum spot for tip top slipknot but we saw parkway drive before that oh sorry there's people talking about them being a potential headliner like for me like going into this set even though they're such a prominent and like well loved metalcore band i don't really know a single song by them but watching this set i really really enjoyed it and i can see why people are tipping them to be a, a future headliner because I, I thought they were just great they put on a great show especially when winston dived into the pit and was still on top of the crowd and had them like just circle pitting around him like a roundabout i thought it was really really cool and i'm gonna try and get into them a bit more now i think well it was a weird one for me because i'm a massive fan of like old parkway and I haven't really got into a lot of the new stuff, and I think the set was pretty heavy on the new. And also, by this point, my eye was just so fucked that, like, I just had to... I, I, I couldn't think about anything it's else hard, my It's eye. hard to concentrate, wasn't it? So I thought, oh, fuck this, I'm going to have to go and get some food, go for a walk, try and take my mind off it. I sort of stumbled around kind of aimlessly, trying to kill a bit of time. I saw a bit of Ghost. I thought, do you know what, I'm here. I'll give them a fair try. It sounded fucking terrible. But... A lot of fucking people were there. And when we said earlier about who the next new headliner might be, I think it's going to be Ghost. When I say people were there, people were fucking there. Like, I tried to, I very naively was, I was on the left-hand side of the stage and I wanted to get through to the doghouse. Very naively thought, oh, I'll just walk around the back. It'll be easy. It was impossible. It was so, it took me probably about three Ghost songs to get through it. People were about as peripheral as you could get at that open stage watching and like, People love it. It's not my cup of tea, but fair play to them. I don't know what's worse. The fact that you had problems with your eye or the fact that you had to suffer through three ghost songs. I'll go with the ghost songs. Yeah. 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 So then before making the way to the headliner, uh, me, Callum and Ruben went and did a one song stop off for Electric Cowboy just to go kind of gauge the crowd, see what it'd be like. And did you actually get into the tent at all? We got into the tent. You did? We okay. managed to get in because it was a fucking struggle leaving. I saw some photos from it. There were people were like, 
Oh Christ, they were right outside they the were tent. like think um Spirit Box last year mm. when there were like rows and rows of people outside of it. There were people like dressed up like them as as we saw it the whole kind of like five days. Um actually outside they hadn't make, managed to make it in. But yeah, their production inside there was fantastic. They had a whole like big introduction. I think Callum had seen them on the most recent tour and he said it was kind of similar to what it was like there. Um, but the vibe in there was fantastic. People were singing along emphatically. But it was time to go and get a front spot for Slipknot. Before we go on to Slipknot, I don't think you guys know I did this yet, but during Parkway Drive set, there was a big thunderstorm just off on the horizon. Um, and unlike the night before, I didn't want to bring that horizon to me. Hey. Um, sorry. Um, I was downloaded a few times. I know what happens when Slipknot play download. It pisses with rain, like torrentially. And there was a point where I thought, no, it's going to be fine. We looked at the weather forecast before we came out today. It said no rain. But it just kept getting closer. It kept The lightning kept flashing. Um, couldn't hear any thunder because we were watching those bands. But then the winds just changed and it pointed towards us. And the big black clouds started coming towards us. And I just turned to Rob and said... I'm not taking any risks here. We've got about an hour and 20 minutes before Slipknot come on. That's plenty of time to go back to camp, get a raincoat and get back here. Because I just didn't want to risk it. It turns out in the end, didn't need the raincoat, which is fine. Better but safe than sorry. Exactly. It was there for if I needed it, which, again, you just I get it's almost like PTSD flashbacks of Slipknot playing download. It's, it just always rains. It's always a good time regardless, but I don't want to get wet. Not when we'd had a dry weekend the whole time. Yeah, made it back in plenty of time to see Slipknot. So and, me, what, and what a sight to see. Me, Glenny, uh, Ruben and Callum went right in the front section, which was phenomenal. Um, again, some of the best mosh pits that I'd had ever downloaded were probably in that knot pit. Everyone was going ballistic. They were opening up as well. Um, I feel like I need to talk to you in particular, Alex, about this set list. Oh, the, fucking the, the set list was fantastic. I remember yeah, this, this is the first time I've seen them play Snuff. The, yep. the first time in a while, but like, first of all, like just starting from the intro, hearing Prelude 3.0, mm. leading straight into Blister Exists, getting that subliminal versus kind of vibe immediately, which they haven't played Blister Exists in bloody ages. Um, and I don't think I've seen that live before. And then you're getting songs like Liberate. Um, Purity, which Purity is one of my was fucking incredible. Songs. Snuff coming out of nowhere. Left Behind hasn't been on the set for quite a while. You're getting like songs in coming out of nowhere that they were making a joke of it while waiting for it. And I was like, okay, they've been playing this song, this song, this song, this song on recent set lists. And then they came out of it straight away with Blister Exist. We were kind of still together a little by that point. And I was like, guys, ignore everything I said. They're just, they're changing the whole set list. This is anything and everything can go. And fucking hell, it, it made that experience for me as a massive not fan. Um, so special. I think I teared up a little bit during Snuff because I was like, fuck, I never thought I would see this song live. Um, and made it an incredible experience with that set list. Yeah, it's bang tidy. Like, did they play Surfacing? Yep. And they played my favourite, Wait and Bleed. Yeah. That's, that's all a boy could ask for. No Before I Forget was the interesting one. That was the main yeah. one that was dropped off. I, I legitimately, like, when Purity started, I thought it was like a fever dream. I looked around and I was like, is this happening? I, I, no especially, especially after the day you'd had. Yeah, I had such a rough day. And then they, that started and I was like, is this real? Why is no one else reacting? Because I can't believe this is real. I remember like seeing you and M in particular like, afterwards. And I was just like, I had so much energy still after that show. Just like, 
adrenaline rushing no through, voice jumping up and down. My voice was absolutely fucked. This is me recovered at the minute. It's like a squeaky toy. Um, Christ, like there was a point like lean before that where I was like, I kind of need to rest my voice a little bit. Um, but no, I think I just like shouted and screamed as loud as I fucking could, like to every single. And so you should. And I fucking loved it. That was incredible. And that's, then that's the weekend. That's that's a wrap up. Basically, we didn't have too much trouble getting out the next day. Um, most of us didn't. Most I, of us I don't didn't. know what happened to Lewis, but I did see about a lot of cues. I guess in summary, I, I guess a question to ask is like, sold out. I think it was over hundred thousand people, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fucking people. Do we go? Do we think that um, Download dealt with that amount of people in an effective way? I think for the most part, yes. Um, I think obviously there's the the main issue of the car parking thing, which is they fucked up with that. I think they should have held their hands up and said, "Yep, we should have done better there," because they could have done better. Um, I think the main issue was funneling everyone into one car park just was never going to work. Um, but in terms of actually on site, I think the toilets were plentiful and clean. and clean. Um, I think there was only really an issue with the drinking water because of the weather. Like if it was even slightly less warm i think it would have been fine um i think food vendors were plentiful and the queues i don't think i keep longer than like 10 minutes of food and the food was good I think, yeah what was everyone's favorite meal uh, um there was one day when it got some paella and it was bloody gorgeous uh, like a chorizo one and it, yeah fucking hell they so were, good they were two different stands but my best and worst food was um from one of like the greek uh like gyros uh like stands yeah. had one on the first day Lovely. And then on Sunday, when I my eye was in a state, I thought, I need some food to pick me up. I want a halloumi gyros. It was just fucking shit. And that ruined my mood more. And then Ghost started. I was like, what is this? Torture. <laughs> I really liked the chicken and chips that I brought when we basically first got there. Like It was the first meal I had over the whole weekend. Mainly because of just the very generous portion size. It was like 12 quid. It was like a whole like tub of cheesy chips like that. I think eight chicken strips on there. Loads of barbecue sauce. Unbelievable. I could have gone the whole weekend without eating anything else, honestly. You? Um, I had it twice because it was that good. The cool summer burrito, which basically is just like practically just rice, guacamole. And uh, actually, I'm not really selling that. No, it was absolutely bossing. The final question I have is uh, best headliner and best non-headliner band from the weekend. Well, best headliners bring me the horizon. Absolutely. I just can't believe this because on paper it's not correct, but in, in, in practice it is. It was Bring Me the Horizon, and I'm saying that as an absolute diehard Slipknot fan, you know? James is struggling. I think I'll have to say that that Bring Me set was fucking incredible. They knocked it out of the park. Production-wise, Ollie with the crowd, songs, um, they were fucking headliners, and they deserved it. Sounds like a four out of four for Bring Me the Horizon. Three and a half. Oh, A half okay. and a half. I got a half and a half. I can't, I can't not. Can't do that. First non-headliner for me, um, Coheed and Cambria. I really enjoyed Pup. It's a weird one. I've seen them so many times and seen them fairly recently as well, so I wasn't that excited to see them going into the weekend. But it's Pup. I've got to go along anyway. And I ended up finding myself just screaming every single lyric, finger-pointing all the time. And it was just a really good time. And I think they put in a really, really good performance. And the best one on the Avalanche stage as well, which most years is my favourite stage that I spend the whole time at. So for that to be... Not the only good set on that stage, but the golden, the, the golden one. It was the one for me. It's stray. Um, I don't know what's going on with them lately, but it feels like they're just they hit their stride. Yeah, 
Like the, the the run of momentum they've been on ever since Euthanasia's come out has been just absolutely astounding to see. Every time we see them live, they're just perfect. And that set was just, yeah, it was dynamite. I think I'm going to have to agree with you with it. I think I think that Stray set was just so much fun. I think followed closely by the Architect set, but that, that Stray one in particular, um, yeah, I think that Stray set was something phenomenal. Uh, a question I've just come up with is, if there's something you guys would change about this year going into next year, what would it be? And the, I guess like this opens it up for us to all choose something different. The easy because there's some obvious ones. Yeah, the obvious one is obviously the car issue and a parking issue. But mm-hmm. I'm going to just avoid that one because that's a boring answer. Um, I'll tell you what's a, a one for me is I would like the doghouse and the side splitter to have been closer. Um, one of the real great things about going to the doghouse last year was if whatever DJ set was playing at the doghouse wasn't that good, it was literally just around the corner to get to the side splitter for like a completely different vibe. Whereas this year, it was so much further away that you really had to just like commit to one or the other. And it means that if you're on a night, it's such a, I know it's such a little thing to complain about, but it just means if you're on a night out and the DJ set falls a bit flat, it's easier to just hop, skip and jump to the side splitter. Um, so I guess just move them closer if it's possible. Maybe a, um, a bit of a restructure in the, the village layout might be the solution. I don't. It really feels know. like they're still learning with the village. Yeah, like they've only relocated and, recently. And, and uh, overall, it being hard standing is infinitely better than what it was. So Definitely. I can't really critique the village too much. But that would be like the only nitpicking thing for me is I would just want those two a bit closer together. It's not necessarily a big change for me, but I'm because I think it's already confirmed. I'm, I'm excited for it to go back to three days of music next year. Um, I mentioned quite early on in this episode, like. One of my favourite things about Download is going with this big group of people, arriving on the Wednesday, hanging out Wednesday evening, going to have a night out at the doghouse and stuff. And then you've got the whole of Thursday just to chill out at your camp, go down to all the stalls and stuff, just have a bit of a laugh, have a wander around, find and meet up with some people. But having the, firstly arriving late on the Wednesday and secondly not having, arriving late on the Wednesday and then secondly having music straight away on the Thursday it kind of almost felt like we didn't have much time to all hang out together and just because these are our holidays really we yeah. don't we don't really do much else at least I don't anyway I'll never go off on holiday anywhere I just do festivals so it was a bit of a shame to kind of lose that aspect of it this year but I'm looking forward to doing that next year I think the only thing I'd change would be like leading up to it allocate parking beforehand um I know, like if you're like we said earlier on, like people from certain areas are going to travel to a certain point. Like for us, um, like obviously the south and the west parking is usually the easiest for us. So if when people are putting in the the payment for having a car parking pass, make that something they put in, even if it's just having a postcode of where you're coming from, allocate it in the correct sections beforehand. Obviously, you're going to be sending off the car parking pass to people for that. You can have that on the thing, so they know they've got to go to that area and park in that place. And I think that might help control a lot of the congestion problems you're going to have. Whether it works or not, I don't know. But it could be something worth trying to to make it a, a less of a shit waiting experience um, for people up to yeah. Because like, again, although it, it didn't ruin the weekend, we still had an amazing time. It's, we lost a it, day. Yeah, we lost, we lost a day, day, and we were fucking shattered yeah. as well. However, we love Downlift Festival. We had a phenomenal time. Let us know in the comments below who your favourite bands were, who did you enjoy seeing. Let us know what your experience was like. We have our vlog coming out like very, very soon, if not... If well, not maybe not very, very, very soon. Very soon. Our vlog um, will be coming soon. I'll see what um, I can do. We've had Slam Dunk. We've had Takedown Festival already. 2,000 Trees is on its way. We'll have a preview to get you hyped for that as well. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Subscribe to the channel. And man. if you see us at a festival or a gig, come say hello. Yeah. We're we'll a relatively friendly bunch. We might have some free stuff to give you. Who knows? Subscribe to the channel. We've got all kinds of things on here. We've got a monthly podcast where we talk about new releases. We've got news, all kinds of good shit with that. We've got beginners guys to get you hyped and kind of get you introduced to new bands, gig vlogs, all kinds of shit, tier lists. What am I forgetting? Interviews with bands. Interviews with bands. We've got perfect gigs so you can find out what some of your favorite artists' perfect gig would be. And so much more, I guess. So, yeah, click that subscribe button down there. And once we get to a 1,000 subscribers, we've got something really cool planned. So the sooner you get us there, the sooner we can tell you all about it. Subscribe, your mugs. God, I'm hungry. I could uh, really do with some fish and chips. <laughs>